0: Hello and welcome to Let's Run Facebook Ads, The Extra Cast. On these Extra Cast episodes of the podcast, we invite clients, business people, entrepreneurs and marketers onto the show to share their stories of business and marketing. We discuss their successes and failures in business and how sales and marketing have helped build their success. Hello and welcome to The Extra Cast with myself, Nick Boddington and James Urquhart. Today we have our guest, Anna downs now anna downs is from the company video sherpa one of the founders now video sherpa is a platform that allows you to repurpose and build your video advertising now i know many of you Like me, thinking our video content takes a a long time. It doesn't have to. Video Sherpa was created to make this part of our business so much easier. No more, no more need to outsource for ten grand, five grand, three grand to these agencies who take two months to come back to you, and you find you end up with something that is nearly what you want, or far too corporate. And in this day and age, it's not about being corporate. We're on social networks, guys. We're not about being short. Uh, corporate. We need short, quick videos which talk about what what our audience want, opposed to us talking about ourselves. On this podcast, we go really deep into how you should be creating your content, how the platform can help you create your content, and how you can repurpose your content for other things so you're not finding that you're having to do a million things just to get some simple video editorial out there. So tuck yourself in, and let's get into the interview. Hello, Anna. Welcome. We've got Anna Downs here from Video Sherpa. How are you today, Anna?
1: I'm great. Thanks so many for having me.
0: That's all right. That's all right. Um, we've also been joined by James Urquhart, and everyone knows James. And we James and I have a little bit of banter on our podcast, don't we, James?
2: Yeah, a little bit, Nick. Yeah, a little
0: bit. <laughs> yeah. He usually comes on with that sort of response. We take the mickey out of each other. But today we'll be very professional. So... Anna, video, reason we wanted to get on the show is because we know that video is so important at the moment through Facebook, Instagram, Reels, TikTok, the whole world's been taken over by video. I know, even as an agency, that video content isn't the easiest thing to create. And I know that a lot of our audience who are listening to this are small business owners, one man bands, some of them are agency owners, but small freelancers. And I know that when we go on from our consultancy point of view, they all want to get into video. And when I say to them, okay, well, it's very simple. We can do this and this and this. They go away. I'll speak to them three, three weeks later and they're still like, oh, I haven't really got around to it and things like that. And I think you'd probably agree that that's the, the hardest part. I think it creates a bit of anxiety for people in the way that they just it's not just taking a picture or going to get a stock image. It's not nice and quick. I think with Facebook advertising, people like it to be very quick, which is usually one of the reasons it fails for people because they don't put enough time into each channel they're doing. I see you agreeing with this. So that's what we were on to discuss today. See what you do as a company, and then we can just talk about what we feel that small business owners and advertisers need to pay attention to.
1: Yeah, I agree with everything you just said. Um, and it's actually a lot of what you're talking about it kind of explains the, the origin story for our company. We were one of those video production companies that you hired when you wanted to create some content around a campaign. Um, I'm going back kind of five, six years now. And at the time, the generally businesses in general started to really embrace. The potential that video brought to them, and what we found was, they would hire us to do a video, and then maybe a month or two later, they would get in touch and say, "Can we just make some changes? We want to maybe have a slightly different version of it, or can you give us some of the shots we'd like to use them ourselves?" Um, and there was this need for more frequent video content going out. You know, having a video on your website. You know that that day was gone. It's certainly gone now, um, and yet the budgets weren't stretching to enable them to hire companies to create the amount of video they wanted to have and at the same time they didn't feel confident and comfortable creating it themselves and and to a huge extent we haven't progressed a huge amount past that actually in some regards um but that's certainly why we video sherpa kind of came as a result of that gap in the market yeah the need to be able to create a lot more content, a lot more quickly and more frequently, removing the massive budget cost of having an agency on the end of the phone um, and being able to respond, being able to do it in-house so that you could, if an opportunity arose, if you're responding to something in the news or a, a regulatory change or just something the competition has put out and you want to get something out quickly or you have a special offer. You know, everything happens so fast now. Yeah. Um. So really it's about giving people... An easier platform, a way for them to make their own videos that would is a higher standard than what they could perhaps achieve themselves, um, but is still you know relatively easy for them to use and is a skill that they can actually bring into the company. Um, and I think there's still probably what you said there that sort of slight inhibition around creating content that definitely is still there, and and that's where VideoShirt is trying to help give people a sort of a framework that they can follow some simple tools some easy to use software and training so that that is sort of deflating that um the fear bubble if you like around yes they want content but oh my god i'd never be able to do it myself or it would look crap it would look terrible and it would actually do more damage than good so yeah that's exactly where we're we're coming from
0: because the agency i remember when we went back to years back when we had a video built for our website um we got it done at a deal because we know people in the industry but we're talking i mean it's expensive isn't it really expensive
1: yeah it can be absolutely and actually in the uk and ireland it's nothing like it is in the us US, what do you mean by that as in it's not as expensive on this side of the atlantic Um, and you know so in the uk in the us you could be talking twenty thousand dollars per video it's um huge money. Yeah. Whoa. Huge money. Um and I think you know there's always going to be a need for an agency to do that kind of really glossy, you know, maybe once a year job um that you're never going to be able to achieve yourself. You know, it would take you a month to learn how to use the yeah. gear and all the rest of it. That I mean that would be obviously a really poor waste of your time to try and replicate what they can do, but we're talking about the day-to-day, the week-to-week content that you want to be able to to produce yourself, the short stories, the taking advantage of an opportunity like when you are in front of a customer. Um, Can you create a really short 30, 60-second testimonial that often has as much power um, as the really lovely glossy corporate promo that the agency created for you because, and I think as video becomes the almost standard communication tool that we're using, we're not as wowed by the glossy corporate promo as we used to be. I mean, obviously you still see stuff that's so cool and you're going, how do they create that? And often it's the how they created it video. The behind the scenes video is the one that gets more views or as many views as the actual one. But um, it's the power of the honest human story is what we actually are interested in, you know, and it's the less perfect, the less glossy.
0: Absolutely. The, you
1: know, that's, that's what we actually resonate with. Um, so I think that's where people need to be maybe a little bit braver yeah. and accept that they don't need to be perfect. They just actually need to let their personality come across. And maybe I think that's sometimes the root of the fear, less yeah. the I'm not a professional videographer.
0: Absolutely. Well, we, you know, when we are talking to companies about doing videos and stuff, the first thing that people think is they've got to go out and spend loads of money and get some corporate video made. But they also need to think about the sort of platforms and where these things are going, you know. So when you talk about testimonial, short testimonial videos, if we're thinking about like a, a, a marketing strategy on a social platform, we're introducing with what the product is and then we're retargeting people and testimonials are great at coming in, you know, written. But like, as we're moving into the age of video and everything's, you know, vision, people want to see things, don't they? So from a from a we we talk to our our clients, etc. From a platforms point of view, you've got Facebook, Instagram, all these all the all the platforms out there that people are glued to. They're just in a fight against having a user on their platform as long as possible. You know, Facebook doesn't want them to go to TikTok. TikTok doesn't want them to go to Facebook. So how do you do that? Where you keep them on with video? Why TikTok's become so successful? And I know what I'm like with it because I have to. Re- I'm researching things on there to help with our own clients. And you know, I go. I can literally go on there. I try and spend half half an hour a day going on there to see what's going on from an advertising point of view. And anything that I think, okay, that's interesting. Oh, that's interesting. I'll save. The I'll save the particular post. Now and the same with reels. I'm going through it, and then before five minutes into it, I'm completely not on what I'm supposed to be there for. I've got completely sidetracked just watching videos over and over again, and they've got me on the platform for half an hour before I've even thought, why am I here? I'm here to do some work, as in like research, and I'm there watching stupid videos. So all these platforms are all about doing that, and I think the business owner needs to actually start thinking about natively what they should be doing on a platform. And realizing that it's probably not as hard, especially with your sort of service, to get to what they need they need to get to. Do you agree with that?
1: I do. I think, first and foremost, people need to remember who is it that they're creating content for. Yes. And not get blinded by the lights and kind of just sucked into the trend of the moment. You know, where are your audience? Mm-hmm. You know, stop getting... If your audience are on TikTok, fantastic. You should be on TikTok. Yeah. If your audience are you know, 50-year-old bankers, maybe TikTok isn't the first platform you should be thinking about. Um, yeah. And obviously, you know, most people are copped on and that's what they understand, that's what they know. But um, I think a lot of the platforms, as you said, they want to keep people on their platform. And often they don't make it as easy for people to reshare content from one platform to another. So if you're creating Reels On Instagram then that's time energy budget and resources that you've spent that is kind of locked into Instagram yeah now you're gonna have to go and do it all again somewhere else and really it's about boxing clever and making the best use of your video resources Now, all of these platforms will let you upload. You don't have to create on the platform. And I think that's where people are starting to see, actually, hang on a second, I can create some content and now I can repurpose it for the different channels. Obviously different channels have a different viewing length, different dimensions. And depending on the audience you're trying to reach on those platforms, their you know attention span will be different where you're gonna interject your call to action, what they want to see might be different. Um, so it's actually, I really think it's a, it's less a knee jerk reaction. I've got to be on TikTok. It's much more, take a step back, plan your content in response to your audience. Where are they and what do they want to know? And what's the best way to put together video content for them? And, And that's where you start rather than being kind of led by the nose. Oh, this is what the platform wants me to do. So I better do what they want me to do. I think we need to take back a little bit of control. um, Yeah. And and, And it's
0: interesting how you talk about what your audience wants to see because we're, we're exactly the same. We think about most people, they'll create something, whether it's a video, whether it's a static or whatever, and then they'll talk to everyone at the same time opposed to talking to a mother or a father or a grandparent or a business person or the marketing person in the business opposed to the person who owns the business. They talk about them all at the same time. And I i mean, I always, I, I sort of put it down to laziness as in there, you know, or laziness in not wanting it, not realizing how to think about how you start your marketing strategy. Does that make sense? So
1: yeah, I think, I think actually it comes back to fear. It's fear of z- focusing in and excluding anyone who might potentially, um, engage with it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and we're all guilty of it, aren't we? To be honest. Absolutely. It's, it's really hard to kind of say, I'm going to create a video just for that one niche audience um, and have something just for them. Because our tendency is always to try and maybe hedge our bets. And it's like, oh, well, it's definitely going to be good for that audience, but I could also share it over here. Yeah. And, you know, there's a fear sometimes of being too specific.
0: So how does um, your platform work in the way that so we're talking about repurposing okay so how does your platform help someone do that
1: so our platform really is about helping people to create their original video content so it helps them to film it in the first instance on the video Sherpa app okay then to edit it to you know it's it's a whole kind of um getting approval, permissions, sharing it with colleagues, getting feedback. So it's it's not a sort of an instantaneous create it on reels and press upload and, and yeah. press publish. It's about sort of, I suppose, thoughtful pre-recording, editing, getting it approved, and then you can create different versions of the videos that you can that are more appropriate for different audiences, different lengths, uh different calls to action and so on and so forth. So you might have some content with subtitles for Facebook. You might have content that doesn't for other channels. You might have some content that is going to be um, shorter or longer. You, know, you can repurpose videos, putting clips together from lots of different videos so that you might have an industry focus that you're going to share in a LinkedIn community. So it's about having the content yourself, owning it, controlling it, creating it in the way you want. And then repurposing it for any channel that you're using,
0: right? Yeah, that's. I was actually doing some videoing yesterday, and I found I found it really quite hard. So, like I so it's really easy for me to talk to clients and say you need to do this, you need to do that. When you're actually bringing something in, we're sort of experimenting with something and just seeing how this would sort of look on different different ways. And I, you know, I was there for hours trying to get it right and you know lately i've been doing more well not lately this is this is hands up no consistency here doing reels and then that drops out after 2 weeks and it's like i think this is the thing with, with people everyone knows what they should be doing but keeping that consistency right i think is where people find it hard and i think you know with reels especially it's organically i think from an advertising point of view it's different because you can create a couple of different ads in a a particular format, whether you're going to Facebook, Instagram, and then it's about testing those ads. Once you find something that wins, you could have that running for weeks, months. Hmm. And that's the thing that's less daunting. I think it's very much more daunting when someone is trying to do a reel every single day for their business, and you realize that you've got to stay there for a year, two years, and it's like a never-ending thing, or whether you create things for adverts. And I think it's it's figuring out how you want to do it, because from a paid point of view, it's why paid's around. You know, you you don't have to sit there waiting organically and doing all these little tricks to grow organically. You can get your ad in front of your exact marketplace as quickly as you want to spend money to get there as quickly.
1: Yeah. And I think you raise a good point there about how often we should be posting. Um, and again, posting for the sake of it, creating content just for the sake of it. Yeah. I think is a fool's errand.
0: Yeah, because they think they should post today and they haven't, they just quickly do something. And I think yeah. that's where people go wrong.
1: Yeah, and I think we're seeing more and more of that where people are coming on going, now, what did I want to talk about today? Um, or my absolute bugbear at the moment is where I see people going, just popping on to talk about blah. If I hear what, just one more person say, just popping on today to talk about uh, something, obviously this is beyond stories. It drives me crazy. It's like, have you got something... Valuable to share. If yeah. not, I don't necessarily need to know what your dog had for breakfast. Thanks very much.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, maybe my, my pet ate. But um, I think, so, you know, it goes back to the idea of planning ahead. Um, if I can give you an example. So we attended the, um, the B2B marketing show in London in the middle of November. And we were at two marketing showcases in Bristol and Birmingham, which is where I bumped into your colleague. Yeah. Um and we had decided in advance. So we plan our content for Video Sherpa, um about a month in advance. So at the start, at the end of every month, we sit down and we plan our content for the for the next month. Um, so that'll be across videos, blogs, posts, um, you know, anything at all. And we have and we kind of assign roles and who's doing what and what deadlines and so on. And one of the key pieces that we look at is what can we repurpose. So was there a blog post that did really, really well? Can we do a video on it or vice versa? Is there a video post that's been doing really well? Maybe we could break it down into some social posts and yeah. do it, share it that way. So when we were looking about going to the three events in the UK, so at the end of October, we were kind of making a plan, right? What can we do to create a lot of buzz? We are a really small company, don't have a huge budget. How can we make as much noise? um, around these three events. So for us, we decided, okay, at the London event, we were going to, um, do a quick kind of behind the scenes, set up for the show and have that video ready to go out the minute the show opened on day one. And obviously hashtag the life out of it, tag all, you know, the organizers and so on, and just let people know where we were and we're, we're here and we're ready to talk. And then we did some quick little vox pop interviews with people throughout the two days. Uh, And we were asking them all the same questions. So we had decided in advance that, you know, we were always sharing our thoughts. So these are all professional marketers. Let's ask them their thoughts. And we asked them to share marketing tips and advice. Um, And we we gathered, you know, a few of these videos over the first two days of that show. And then we were in Bristol and Birmingham at the end of the month. And we did the exact same thing. And then this morning, we released a video, which was kind of a combination of some of those different bits of advice. And of course we were able to tag everybody that was in those videos and the organizers of the events. So we were able to get a video out the first day of the event in London. We gathered content that we have a video going out today. And now we have loads of lovely B-roll to reuse again on our social channels over the next couple of months. And to kind of just emphasize some of the, the, um, the messages that we want to share. None of that comes together spontaneously. Like that was thought about in advance. What can we do differently? The events that we'll go to next year, we'll have to come up with something different. Um, But we now have that content to repurpose. And that is what I'm always trying to get across to people. It's this, let's reuse and recycle what we have in different ways so that it doesn't become this daily or weekly stressful Oh my god! What am I going to make today? Yeah. You know, um, it's about being smarter with what you're doing with video and planning it in advance so that you can actually squeeze the most out of it.
0: I saw that video actually on LinkedIn this morning.
1: Yeah, we just pushed it out this morning. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So James is laughing because I actually went on LinkedIn. It's not my favourite place to hang out, really. I spend a bit. Of t- I spend some time there. Actually, the only reason I'm doing that is because I'm having to do something at the moment. But. Um, that's by the by but yeah so you would use you would use that in so you're pushing out to linkedin do you would it go to youtube would it go to uh
1: yeah so we go from youtube um and then we would natively upload it to linkedin uh natively uploaded it to twitter and then from youtube we can share it in newsletters i think we posted it on Facebook as well. Um, I'd have to double check with Katie who does all the posting. But, um, and actually, we, you know, in fairness, I'll give myself a slap on the wrist because we push the same video out everywhere, which isn't actually the best thing to do. Uh (laughs) James is laughing at me because we talked about this two weeks ago. Um, Yeah, like, on normally we would be kind of tweaking content for the different channels but on this particular one it was more of a light-hearted you know just a minute and a half sharing some kind of marketing mm-hmm. advice from lots of other people um yeah. so we just we just posted it and there was just a little kind of happy christmas and see you in 2020 at the end of it
0: so how often would you would you um post that more often than once as well on the same platform
1: not the exact same video no
0: but just slightly different
1: uh, well, I might combine some of that with some content that we shoot again in the future, and that's what I'm talking about. That mm. you know, I can repurpose my own stuff. <laughs> so, um, because we film it, we manage it all on our platform. We can save the footage into our asset library, and then with one click, we can bring it back in again. So,
0: hi, okay. So, do you want to explain mean? how it how it works? That's really interesting, actually, because as my brain is going, I'm thinking about the platforms that we've used, or you know, iMovie, all these other ones that you might use. We where you, it's, it's the most daunting thing in the world, isn't it? Going on to edit a video. So yours will be cut into different assets as you filmed it. So if someone could, someone could just do this on their iPhone.
1: Yeah, they could, but they, they'd have to use multiple different software tools because where are you going to save that footage to be able to repurpose it again? Um, so Video Sherpa really is about actually holding their hand from the very start to the very end because you film it on the Video Sherpa app. And that sort of really gives you a simple step-by-step filming workflow. So, for example, Aye. on the app, if, if I had decided I wanted a 90-second a video, there is going to be interview pieces in it, and I'm filming it landscape, it'll calculate a recommended shot list for that video. So, it's actually telling you, so for that length of video, you're going to need this much footage, but actually you're going to need, it breaks it down into a good balance of close-ups, mid shots, and wide shots. So that you don't end up with all of your footage is just wide shot pieces to camera. You need wow. that, that kind of B-roll content and it tells you exactly how much of it you need. And then it helps you to film it. So it goes then from the app on the phone straight onto the dashboard and that's on the cloud. So if I'm like, for example, at that event, I could have just uploaded that content. My colleague back in, in Galway in the office could start editing that together straight away. I can continue on the trade show floor. She can get a quick video out. Uh, and that's exactly what happened actually in London. So Interesting. It's, it's really about helping companies to take control of their content and sort of, I suppose, demystify how it comes together because we kind of give them a workflow. It's like, this is how much you need to film. This is how many close ups you need. This is how many wide shots. And it's a very simple editor. It's really as simple as iMovie as an editor. But crucially, because we're all about the recycling, we're the most green video company you'll ever come across. Um, It's about saving the best footage into that asset library. And then next week, next month, you don't need to film new stuff all the time. You might need a new piece to camera uh, or new call to action. Sometimes you're just going to put some B-roll together with a voiceover. Um, and if it's if it 's there in your asset library it's so simple for you to use it again and again and in different ways for different audiences that's the crucial. So you're
0: just literally putting it around
1: basically yeah yeah so i mean it's it's yours. Why would you hire someone to come in and create a video and you get this nice finished video and you've you know spent two and a half thousand uh, and you don't have access to that content ever again, and you have to start from scratch with every single piece of video if you do it that way so we're kind of saying, why would you do that? Like that doesn't make any sense because your video assets are so valuable to you. Um, you need to hold on to them and reuse them. And, and that's what video Sharper helps you to do as easily as possible.
0: Okay. It's very, okay. Like it. <laughs> so could someone use this for James looking like he wants to speak?
2: I'd love to say I'd love I'd love to say. So this is what Nick does, Anna, you see. What Nick loves to do is he goes into his own little world. And when we're just talking at the show, you have to like control him. But the problem is, it's really hard to control him over Zoom because I can't like hit him or or like give him. To, it's he's so difficult. He's like an unruly really dog. Um, the app's cool because you showed me that we we met at the marketing showcase in we in Birmingham, um, and. You talked me through the app because uh, you were the you your your um. What's the word I'm for? Um, um, Your stand was next to ours, and it resonated me perfectly because we're you know we're like a lot of the communities that listen to this is that you know you need video content. We haven't got the resource in house to be able to do it correctly or properly. We've got iPhones, which, as we discussed that day, let's be honest, the camera quality is fantastic. We also haven't got the dough to ask agencies to continuously give us video content, which we know is is best for engagement. You know, versus a blog, a written blog, or even a static image on a post. Yes, they work well, um, but video is just so much more engaging. Your 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 you know, video Sherpa fixes all those problems all in one. And for a small business owner or um, you know, small um, consultant, it's so transferable. It, you can be in any industry you know you could do you could do anything and sell any product and still use this and like you said the asset um library that you showed me was amazing you know you were showing me assets from i think you did a show in america i think you, you were showing me some stuff and you know you you were cutting it up there and then you could you could see how easily you were putting some b-roll in from there and you yeah like for me you've obviously seen you know, you and I, I know you were only quickly running through with me with it that day, but it was incredible.
1: I think, uh, you know, what you're saying there about this, this phone is incredible. I mean, the quality of the camera and the phone is just something else. And it's only getting better and better all the time. What, what we're trying to do is help people to learn how to use it. You know, you don't need to go out and spend four thousand on a DSLR. You can do eighty percent of what you would do on a DSLR on the phone, and I guarantee you, the twenty percent that you can't do, you didn't really know how to do anyway. You know, you'd have to have been a professional <laughs> to figure that stuff out. Um, but the the crucial thing is, you know, just because you have a phone in your back pocket doesn't mean you know what to do with it. Mm. And that's the other part of Video Sherpa, is the training. So. We have a team of videographers and when people sign up with us, we come and we train their team. So they get like a a half day training and we actually go through the principles of creating good video, setting up your shots, light, sound, different types of shots that work in different scenarios and how to actually film B-roll that is going to really enhance your videos so that it becomes something that the company can do on a very regular basis without it becoming a major production, you know. Um, And actually, what we talk about a lot with our clients is write down a wish list. Like if you had a videographer for a day and you had a 100 different shots, wide shots, close-ups that you'd love to have in that asset library that you could then just pull into any video you're creating. So, you know, let's say... You're doing, um, you have um, an event coming up and the, you know, maybe you're attending a show or you're hosting an event and you want to push something out on social the week before. How can you quickly put that video together so that it's visually interesting? Like, obviously, it is about the people in the company. It's about being kind of the human face of the company, but you still need some visual B roll to keep it interesting to watch. So if you've got that in your asset library already, happy days, you can get that video together in 30 minutes, no problem. So what I would often uh, advise companies to do is when they sign up with us, actually make a list of that B-roll and film it. Go and spend a day just filming those B-roll shots, you know, 10 seconds of this, 10 seconds of that, dump it into your library and oh my God, it's going to make your life for the next six months a dream because you've got it ready at your fingertips for when you need it. So that the day you go to film a video and it's pouring rain outside and you can't get any lovely visuals of the outside of the building or whatever like that, that, you know, eliminate that problem by getting ahead of it, really. And that, again, comes back to planning in advance. What footage would be really useful that you can use in lots of different videos, whether it's a sales video, a customer support, an internal comms, um, you know, a fun thing on social? What are the different shots you'd love to have and go and film yeah. them yourself?
2: What's B-roll for someone that's not educated like myself, Anna? I think
0: going to ask the same question.
1: Background footage. So, um, you know, if, if you're doing, let's say, if I'm doing a piece to camera, I'm going to be talking on screen for a few minutes, but then I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. So well, let's say at an event, it's footage of the room, it's footage of people speaking, talking. Um, it's anything that's background To the main person speaking on camera. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, Yeah, I would call it like extras.
1: Yeah, cutaways is another word. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Transferring from like a call to action to a maybe. Yeah, I I know you mean. I know you mean. When like you always see the call centers, you just sort of go through the call center once they're with their, you know, call set. But there's no, there's no, it's just, it's just a load of people sat on the desks. That's it.
1: Yeah, but you might have some close-ups of them typing on the keyboard or putting on their headset or, um, you know, them walking to the desk. That's all B-roll. Anything yeah. that isn't someone kind of speaking on camera, being interviewed on camera, any of that other footage that's giving you the atmosphere, giving you the context, that's called B-roll or cutaways. Yeah.
2: One of our clients, sorry, one of our clients, they had a video, and I only found out about this last week and I was a bit annoyed. They spent 10 grand on a video. Wow. Bear in mind, Anna, these guys <laughs> haven't got a load of money. Um and it's uh it's like an about us video. Now, this about us video is eight and a half, nine minutes long. Wow. It's it's lovely if you've got 10 minutes.
1: I'm sure their mothers love it.
0: Who has got 10 minutes? That's a great, a great thing to talk about, then, isn't it? It's like We're in busy worlds now, aren't we?
2: Nick, this video is, I was watching it. Obviously, I know everyone there. So, you know, and I know the sales team because we help them a lot. And It was like the dog was interviewed at one point. You know, everyone, you know, the, 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 the sanitation lady was interviewed. It was everybody. And it was just kept going on. And on, and I was just like, wow, this is... but I was 10, know, 10, yeah. 10 grand yeah. and, I, and I said, w- w- what on, what, what on earth are you doing? And you that's know. a
1: classic case of forgetting all about your audience. That's keeping all the staff happy because nobody was left out, right. you know, and not having a good editorial decision maker to say, no, we don't need 14 people saying roughly the same thing. Yeah. You know, wh- who is this video for? And what do we want them to leave knowing? And what do we want them to think about us? And what do we want them to do with that information? And if you can't answer those three questions really straightforwardly, then you're not ready to pick up the camera because you haven't thought through what your video is about.
2: Because I'm not saying this was happened on this occasion, but when I see a lot of video content, and it's more on LinkedIn, because um, that's pretty much the only platform I sort of, you know, reside in most, most of my time now is a lot of video content is is based around ego
1: yeah
2: it's not about what your audience wants to hear it's about what you want to tell your audience and you know this is why we get very frustrated with some of our clients because we don't care about the business or what the product is what does the audience want to know about and and is your audience even you know there so in terms of sort of the social media platforms, you can select on certain demographics of that of that consumer, but you can't go as detailed as you can do post iOS 14. So w- how we're using video content now is we're actually creating video content. We're asking our clients to, to create video content, to create your own addressable markets. So rather than us going, you're a mum and you've got two children, you're actually, you know, you're, you're putting out, so, so this is bad, so just demographic wise, women over 30 who we do have two children, but you're putting video content around getting fit or something. Now, the only people that are going to resonate with that are the people that want to get fit, not just mums that have got two children. So suddenly you've got mums with two children over 30, but they're also engaged with content about getting fit. Well, great. We've now got an addressable market to to ask for a commercial ask opposed to, hey, let's just put, or let's talk about our fitness product and shove it to mums over 30 because that's not worth its time. Problem is when you go back to budget and what you guys were talking about earlier, not everyone's got the money to create video after video after video using outsourced resource. Whereas when, you know, when obviously when I, you know, saw you with the show and you were talking me through what you guys do and show me the platform, it's incredible, you know, and, and, and from a cost perspective, you know, I think we briefly discussed cost, but you know, that 10 grand video my client did a couple of weeks ago, you're, you know, in terms of cost the value you get for yours and it's, it's chalk and cheese, isn't it?
1: Yeah. You get over a hundred videos on ours for the same price. (laughs) But I think, I think to, to answer your point, it's you're dead right. And this comes back to, again, as businesses, we're all quite comfortable speaking about our own business, our own product. And we tend to fall back into that conversation very quickly if we're given the opportunity. And we definitely, We have to work hard to remain completely customer focused. So, and I see it myself, you know, absolutely companies start quickly talking about what they do for you and what they offer and what their product is about and rather than what you will get. And after you've been to our gym, you're going to be so happy because, you know, this and the other. Um, And really it's about, again, planning it in advance, starting, the starting point should be what is the audience interested in? So that mums with two kids over 35, what's the main problem they're dealing with? Is it time to get to the gym? Is it, you know, baby weight trying to shift it? Is it, um, is there a crash at the gym so that they could actually have the kids there for half an hour while they get to do the the session? Is it, you know, gym instructors who are experienced with postpartum fitness levels? And what are the questions that your customers actually ask you? Take yeah. that as your starting point not what the boss wants you to talk about or what wants he wants to talk about himself or she herself. You know what I mean? Um, and it's it's actually, I think it's a discipline and we can all fall off that wagon and start talking about ourselves over and over again. Um, and it is, a, it is a real discipline to kind of say, stop, what is that audience um, really, what do they care about? Mm. And that's the only thing you should be creating video around. What's that otherwise problem as well? Wow. What's the
0: problem and how are you going to fix it? Exactly. I mean, from a social point of view, we have a video on Facebook or Instagram where you have three seconds to get someone's attention. So what are you going to say in those three seconds to get someone to actually watch the next 20, 30 seconds, three minutes? You see what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it's the same in copyright with LinkedIn. Like I say to James, like the amount of, you know, from our, from our experience with, you know, copywriting and B2B and stuff like that, it's all, and it's, it's something you have to learn, you know, you have to learn how to write something in a way that's going to get someone's attention. We we don't automatically, I think automatically you, you, you think it's right to talk about your own business. I think, I think you actually have to spend some time learning about what you should do in the right way. Do you see what I mean?
1: Absolutely. I mean, we're all experts in our own business. So Absolutely. we're talking about it, you know, exactly.
0: Cause on LinkedIn, I, the amount of emails I get, where it's, it's someone trying to sell me some, something or introducing themselves to me, it's all—it's always three paragraphs talking about them, and I'm like, I have—I don't even know what you do. I have—if I do know what you do, I have no interest in what you do. You haven't, and and if they're the ones producing a video, it's going to be exactly the same thing, but in video content.
2: But it was really interesting, actually. So we we don't when we 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 don't when you know people want to hopefully come and join. Let's on social, um, and we had a lead from one of the other marketing showcases shows we did. Um, I think it was down in Bristol or or maybe up in Leeds, which was um, a house builder which we've had worked with before. And we got on the call, Jake and I, and the sales director we've not met before. Went right, tell me about yourselves, and we went absolutely. And this is you know this is what we do. No, we could talk what regardless of who we are or what we do it's not going to fix your problem. (laughs) You've come to us with a need. All I want to know is about you. It it, it doesn't matter. You know, and and you could tell she was a bit like, oh, oh, I don't know if I like this. Ten minutes in, she got it. She even said, yeah, I'm sort of getting this now. Because I don't, you know, you know what we do. Let's, you know, it doesn't matter whether we were founded or how many staff we've got or who else we work with. It's so irrelevant. It's all about what do you need and want and, you know, how are we going to get there as a combined force? And it's really interesting when, you know, when we pitch, we don't, we don't, we have a discovery and we have a, you know, it takes sometimes two hours, but it's long and we, you know, and then we can go away and go, okay, well, let's try and get a solution that's going to fix this. But going back to what you were saying there, Nick, versus copywriting, copywriting and video are very different things. And copywriting is a craft, you know, sales copy, you know, Anna, you and I discussed this the other day, certain copywriting is, is so difficult, whether you're in a fintech space, you, you, it's not easy to write. but everyone can talk and that's why video you can get away with it like when we listen to our podcast back I know there's some sentences on paper would make zero sense absolutely no point you'd look at it and go who who are these people but when you listen to them over audio you get away with it because it suddenly makes sense which is absolutely fine and this is why I think with video you don't need that you don't if I was going to spend money copywriting versus video for an re- outsourced resource, I'd rather spend money on copywriting because I know internally with your system as an example, Anna, you can get away with it, if that makes sense. Whereas copywriting, well, like I said, it's a craft. It's, it's a different skill altogether.
1: Yeah, there is. And in fairness, there is a visual language. Um, and when we... When we were starting off, when we were starting to build Video Sherpa, I mean, obviously, our investors and and people who were helping us at the ideation stage, they were, you know, pushing like, it has to be SaaS. It just has to be SaaS, you know, as if there's no humans behind this at all. Um, And we were like, yeah, that's ideologically great for everyone's bank balance. It doesn't actually work, you know, Um, for people bring video in house that is a leap of faith and and it's one they've recognized the value of it for them and they've decided yeah we're going to actually take this in dedicate time and resources and and upskill ourselves but that upskilling bit is so crucial you know we've moved so far in 10 years you know everybody now kind of does their own Websites, you know, very few people fully outsource the maintenance of their website. They might get someone to design it, but then whether it's on Wix or Squarespace or Squarespace or WordPress, they'll manage it themselves. Um, You might get help, you know, setting up and optimizing ads, and then they might do some of the tweaking themselves. Uh, There's so much in terms of marketing that we are open to bringing in-house, but there is a learning curve there, you know, and I think for us, that is critical that typically video in-house isn't something that a lot of people have embraced. And so that learning part um, is crucial for setting them up to be successful because it isn't brain surgery, but there is a learning curve and there is a visual language that they can learn actually quite quickly and the difference it makes. I mean, literally a three-hour training session and you will go from somebody who, you know, framing, what's framing, B-roll, what's B-roll, B-roll, you know um to really understanding how to compose a nice shot and how to quickly put video together in in b-roll sequences that are so effective and i think it's a, it would be a mistake on our part to skip that training piece um because you know i even though Reels and TikTok and all the rest of it. And the people who are the people who first embraced those, you know, very much the kind of creators and, um, for a younger demographic. And it was very rough and ready. And that's the charm of it in a lot of respects. But now a lot more B2B companies are embracing it. And, you know, you still need to have a certain level of quality on, on the platform if you're Mm. in a B2B environment. So. You know, if you are going to repurpose some of your content for TikTok or for Reels, you still want it to look good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, it isn't just doing a, a dance with the dog in the kitchen. It's, you know, there's, yeah. there's more to it than that. Like.
0: Uh, we had that yesterday. We were thing because Livia and I were just practicing some stuff. Doing a we dance with the back. dog in
1: the kitchen. <laughs> no, not the dance
0: with the dog in the kitchen. But we were looking and we we're like, God, that looks really bad. I mean, don't get me wrong. It, it looked better once you put music over it and you start doing a few things, but it's there's a lot more to it than just, I think, you know, if you're going to do a real, then that's one thing, but you've still got to have a bit of a light in the in your office, in your room, you're going to do it, how you're going to look, how you're going to, you know, stage it or whatever. But talking about like how B2B works, like Instagram has changed massively as a platform lately. And it's people go, I know I go there for information, you know, just like James, you know, from a different different skill and what we do day to day, you know, he spends his time in LinkedIn, I spend my time in Instagram and Facebook because of what I have to do. But it's all about, like, I use Instagram to learn about my craft. I'm not there watching, you know, I follow people that I can learn from. And all their video content is all about teaching me what I need to know, you know, little things, you know, the industry is always changing and you just always little tips and things that you're going to learn as you go along. And it's
2: become, a, it's become very educational, hasn't it? You know, Instagram, education, that, yeah. yeah. It's 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 gone from a I'm going to post my Caesar salad but no chicken because I'm being healthy to you know very edgy you know when you look at especially the reels and, and 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 you know Instagram lives yeah you know people are there consuming content and most of it is educational now yeah even you know from you know like how to play, like my niece, she's on Instagram, she's nine all of a sudden. I'm not very happy about it, I've, I've made it clear. But, you know, she's learning about how to do stuff on a game, you know, on, that. Um, yeah. you know, so again, it's just, it's feeding. But all, but this isn't new. I said on YouTube, YouTube's most successful videos, when you take away Mr. Beast and all the big boys, um, it's all about how to's, you know, we'll buy, you know, how to, change a lawnmower pile you should see some of the I think i did what six months ago i can't remember what it was now and i, I even my other half just went oh my god look how many views i've got and it was something like how to change it, it was something ridiculous
0: yeah yeah up. no it's true though
2: so, you know so it's not new we've been doing this for the last five ten years it's just suddenly moving across in a in a shorter content on on, on instagram yeah
0: how, how does video sherpa work for things like youtube obviously we're talking about repurposing content etc could someone use your platform just for their youtube videos for yeah. instance yeah
1: we're we're agnostic about the channel you want to share your videos on so there are some direct integrations you can publish straight from your dashboard to twitter to facebook to youtube wow you okay go into instagram through the creator um, we're trying to actually add more direct integrations, but obviously you can download to your phone yeah. and then natively upload to any channel. You can copy and paste your videos into newsletter campaigns, email campaigns, and so on. So, you know, we're, we sit outside of it. We're, we're neutral. We're Switzerland and you can kind of take that content and run with it wherever makes sense for you.
0: So would it work the same way with someone in YouTube? So obviously we were talking about using the app on your phone and how good that camera is. And just to add to that, when you guys were talking earlier about um, when you were saying how good the quality of an iPhone, I was doing some research yesterday to do with card games for a client of ours. And I was looking, I basically written in drinking games, drinking card games into Facebook. And it was bringing me posts back to like 2015. I couldn't believe the difference in the look of a video from 2016-17 to what we have now in 2021, it's it's like it was made in the 1930s. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, it's not very clear. It's yeah. a bit slower. So, you know, it is, it is clear that we do have a, you know, you have a Canon camera sitting in your back pocket, basically. Basically, yeah. Um, so we're talking about that. When you come to a YouTube video, um, it, the same thing applies. You would film it in landscape through your iPhone, connected to a bit of a, a light thing that I've got in front of me, and then you would import that. Well, you wouldn't have to import because you, you're videoing it through Video Sherpa. Mm-hmm. Are you able to then bring, so um we're talking about like B-rolls and things, but let's say a, a YouTube video is generally you've got a thumbnail at the beginning, which you'd have to get designed somewhere else, I, I guess. Your video starts. You're going to do little edits through that video where you may have got your words wrong or something like that. So Video Sherpa allows you to... Create a seven-minute video with nice little clean edits all the way through it. Download it and upla- upload that to to YouTube. Yeah, directly publish. Actually, you don't even. That's really them. cool because I think that's one of the things, especially even with our podcast. Like this podcast goes on to YouTube, and we don't emphasize like I joked at the beginning, saying, "Oh yeah, someone, one of the sixteen subscribers might watch our video." Like we have a lot of people listen to this podcast and download it. We put more focus on it, but on a huge amount. We I think. Just the fact that people review it listen to it the algorithms pulled us up i think youtube is very different for us we're not you know experts in content creating on on youtube ourselves but i would have from one of the things when i've tried it out in the past it's the time it takes to get a, a video to a good quality to upload to youtube that you think is good enough
1: or oh, i think you spend enough time on YouTube you'll see so much rubbish you won't be Absolutely. quite so um, nervous about waiting for it to be perfect I think I mean if it was me I don't have a podcast but if it was me what I'd probably do is I would uh I'd you know take this recording and instead of um I mean yeah you probably put the polling up on, on your YouTube channel but then you need to drive traffic to it so maybe edit down to the 15 second fabulous piece of insight that we shared um, uh, top and tail it and then push that out as a trailer on on your channels to drive traffic to the YouTube channel on YouTube on its own sitting there is never going to be discovered yeah so you know and also actually what people forget is the real estate around the video on YouTube is so important the title of your video the description text that really helps. The search engines to discover your video when someone is doing a search and you've got the relevant content for them. If you if you don't bother putting any text around it, you're missing a trick there big time. There's so much that you can do in terms of helping the search engines find it and and deliver it up to the right person.
0: That's great what you say. So we've got a YouTube video, it's been made in Video Sherpa, and then we can just repurpose little snippets, fifteen second snippets, which we can start using as advertising on other platforms.
1: I think, yeah, there's, um, I mean, to be honest, I think this could be an awful lot more done in terms of chopping podcasts down into, you know, really bite size, really informative pieces. Like what was the, you know, the headline? What was the hook that somebody said um, that's going to get someone interested enough to come and watch or listen to the whole thing? So, Hmm. you know, it's, again, it's repurposing what you've got in different ways. So, you know, at, at the end of the year, you might put together a 30-second podcast video with the best two minutes from 10 people. You know, highlight bits from the year. What were the outstanding comments? I know there'll be at least three or four from this one, I know, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, you've got this content, what can you do with it again? How can you reuse it in in a clever way to get more out of it?
0: I think the difference is, is that you need to use your platform To do the filming in the first place, don't you?
1: Actually, no.
0: Or can you upload? Video Sherpa wouldn't
1: work for this. No.
0: Right. Okay. So, what I upload would we, so as an example of someone who's doing these sort of videos, podcasts and things like that, we would upload these podcast videos to Video Sherpa.
1: To be honest, like a 60 second podcast, Video Sherpa is not designed for that. Right. So, you know, it's, we're designed really for sub 10 minute videos. So, like if you were to, to chop this down and then import five minutes into Video sherpa and then kind of top and tail that. And if you wanted to play around with that, yeah, you could use our platform for that, of course. But I, th- I you wouldn't need Video sherpa to kind of top and tail this, post it, and then just create a little trailer.
0: Right. Okay. That's,
1: you wouldn't need us for that.
0: From your experience of what people are doing now, then using your platform, are there some top things that you're seeing, like? the type of creative or the length of a video. And I know that's different for different platforms, but are there are any things that you're seeing in your industry where you're like, that's really working? Do you see what I mean? Is that, is that too hard a question or?
1: Um, I, I, I think there is a more bravery around people being themselves on camera, which is lovely. Um, that's the world
0: we're in now. Do you think where people are just, it's becoming more normal?
1: Oh, gosh, you know, it's still the not. thing that I think companies struggle the most with. And I mean, even at all the events we were at recently, it was probably the, the question I got asked the most where people were saying nobody on my team will go on camera. Or I only have one person who will go on camera and they're crap.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but, the, but Anna, the, the problem is that's because of society and I'm not going to you know, go into this now. But, you know, even before we started recording, it was like, oh, we get on video.
1: Well, sure. I mean, I've no makeup on. Come on, guys! You sabotage me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it's but it's it, because you don't at any point. No one wants to be, you know, seen and the why they don't want to be seen, do they? You know, they don't want to be vulnerable. And and I get it. And especially and uh, especially for marketing teams, typically we know the type of people in marketing teams. I don't want to sound crude there, but it's reality. We, we we've been in this long enough. They won't go on camera unless they're dressed up to the eyeballs they're dressed up and, and I, and I get it. You know, some people just don't want to, to do it. Um, I don't particularly like going on camera massively. Nick loves it. You know, Nick absolutely enjoys it. You know, he, look, he just, he, he, no, he just,
0: it. I think it's not, it's not from, I haven't got an ego or anything. You just feel comfortable in different situations. Yeah. Oh, I love you just, But you do. <laughs> I'm comfortable behind the camera. You know, like Jake, for instance, we, when we, when Jake first joined us, We're having some photo shoots done for staff and stuff like that. Out of everyone, he was the one person who was like, oh, God, I'm like, and I'm not, you're just having a picture taken. I don't, I don't get why. And then he looked great. And it's just like, yeah, but those pictures came out really well. I don't understand what.
2: He went, but he'll sit in a meeting with people like Travis Perkins, like he has done, and win their deal for, you know, email marketing, Where in his last job. will not even blink an eyelid. You know, it won't even, at no point would he go on, on presenting here.
0: Yeah, self-conscious yeah, from in a different way. Yeah,
1: For some terrible. people, yeah, the camera, pointing a camera at them um, just really, really makes them uncomfortable. But perversely, the platforms that are doing the best, you know, like Reels and TikTok and Instagram in general, yeah, are yeah. the ones where people are being most natural, uninhibited. Having a laugh, having a mess, yeah. actually showcasing their personalities, and the and the people who are doing the best are the ones who are most comfortable showcasing their personality. And I just think in a in a business environment, we do business with people because we like people, so it's yeah. in our best interests yeah. to actually, you know, just get on camera and show what it, what you're like, and um, especially if you're service based. I mean, if I'm selling you, you know, coconut water, you don't really care. What Anna's like, you care what coconut water tastes like, and how much it costs, and where can you get it. But you know, if I'm going to be like for you guys, your your actual expertise is what is of value to the client. So, brilliant, you, you know what that. you're That's like.
0: Brilliant, because is, it is you forget what you're watching and it listens. To pop- so we put a lot of more emphasis onto our podcast now and the quality and equipment we use and this and how we edit it and everything. At the beginning, we didn't, and I had an argument until we had an audit. um, two months ago or something from a top podcast company that do all the best stuff. They're like, yeah, but you guys, you're at the state, you need to bring more into it. I know, like, yeah, but people listen to our content because I know I listen to some podcasts where they haven't had that audit. The, the quality is still bad. They live in different countries. One's pushing a push chair because he's had a baby. The other one's driving a car. They've recorded it on their phones. I don't care because the content's so good. I don't care what's going on in the background. I don't care if there's a horn or a, a dog barking. I've realized that's not for everyone. I have to go with a standard of quality for what we do, but people are there for the content. They're not looking at you or your hair or whether you've done this or that. If they're still watching three minutes into it because they've seen your video on Facebook and they've carried on watching it, then you've done something right there. And that's brilliant for retargeting and and things like that. Going back onto what we're talking about of people, you know, not being nice on camera, James and I know someone a youtuber who's actually a very very successful youtuber hundreds of thousands of people watch his videos two different people anna the person on camera is the opposite to the person off camera it's hard honest. to have a conversation with that person off camera I'll be
2: honest. the kids are cork
0: <laughs> yeah he, he he would it's the most it's the weirdest thing i've ever come across you can't converse he doesn't talk to people socially he's like socially awkward put him on it put a camera in front of him different wow it's it, honestly it's the most bizarre people Just, meet we used to say wow. people would meet him and be like you know we've been at events where he's had an event where he's turning up and people are there to see him and do all this sort of stuff he would struggle with that to say hello to someone yeah. and i think everyone's day would be disappointed
1: Wow, it's incredible. Up. That's unusual. You know, Mad, isn't it's it? often the opposite, really, isn't it? I, I Walks around people, all
0: day with a camera in his face.
1: Yeah, wow. I, well, I suppose it's, he's not having to look at a human, is
0: he? Yeah, it's very weird, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's a great thing that I think that a lot of people who are listening to this need to think about that is just like it's, it's listening, it, they're, they're listening to the content. And if you've mm-hmm. engaged with someone for more than 10 seconds you're in this world of especially in facebook and instagram you're already winning if you manage to get someone to listen to whatever watch your advert or whatever you're doing for that amount of time and it's quite amazing how many t- because on, on facebook from a retargeting point of view we can build audiences based on how long someone's watched a video for and people say to us all the time you know how long should we how long should we do a video in the end of the day well it's as long as as long as you can get their attention and it's engaging Some of the videos that we've used for advertising where I'm talking about Facebook is obviously I've picked a particular topic. I've picked a topic that I know we get asked all the time. I try and make that as engaging as possible to get someone to watch it. I'll look back at the stats and it's like, okay, let's say a thousand people watched three seconds, 800 people watched five seconds. And then suddenly I've got 360 people watched all seven minutes. And it's like, I used to say, James, it's like someone has watched that for seven minutes. That's a long time in this world.
2: I can't believe that many people want to hear from him. <laughs> it's incredible.
0: I know. See what I mean? I said this at the beginning. It's never, it's never a pat on the back. Um, so, so yeah. So people do, but you know, then then you can say to people, times that by getting ten thousand, hundred thousand people to watch that video, and a third of those people they're going to watch seven minutes of it. You can retarget these people, so then you start showing them further. Repurposed ads or whatever, or some testimonials about your service or whatever to someone who spent seven minutes of their time watching it. So if I was to do that, it would be p- perfect for that. So it'd be, you know, we're talking about our our agency. Someone watched for seven minutes and they go after the seven minutes. They go okay, these guys obviously not what they talk about, and then it's repurposing with a testimonial, video testimonial of other people saying, oh, we've we've used this this company, it's been brilliant. These are the results we got. It's that would be amazing, and that standard. 101 of how you can just do something and your service makes that quick and easy
1: absolutely and I notice now and she's meant to be knowing about video my lights are going (laughs) I'm getting darker and darker because I don't have
0: lights on lights outside well well we've been on an hour that was brilliant
1: um yeah uh, lovely speaking to you both
0: I'm gonna get into this video Sherpa.
2: What, before, before we go, Anna, where, where can people find out about, obviously you guys and VideoSherpa um, and, and yeah. Um, yeah. That, yeah. If you could let us know where, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, VideoSherpa.com is their first stop. Um, they can catch us there. Anna at VideoSherpa.com is my email. If they wanted to drop me an email, get in touch. And there's lots of content on our site, Uh, Blogs, videos, resources, they can kind of have a potter around, um, have a look at it and see for themselves. And if they're interested in kind of exploring the idea, you know, no hard sell, just want to see, is it the right solution for them? Because we are very, very open to having conversations with people, especially when they haven't been doing a lot of video in-house. It's something they really need to consider. And the last thing we want to do is try and sell to people for whom we're not a good fit because that's going to be a miserable relationship both ways um so it really is uh, a lot of our kind of discovery calls are about trying to understand their need and their resources internally like if they're a team of two people or three people um really who's got who's 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 the one sitting there twiddling their thumbs for three hours a week who can actually start to sit back and create a lot of content and if you don't have that bandwidth within the team then it's like well what are you not going to do to create that bandwidth because You know, the worst thing in the world is that you kind of say, yeah, we're going to start doing loads of video, but you don't say, well, you know, what gives, are we going to do more video than this? You know, are we going to write fewer blogs for the next couple of months, do more videos and and actually compare and contrast and see how we get on? Um, It's, as you said, you know, it's, it's not a, a 10 minute job. You need to think about it, plan it you know film it and get it out there it doesn't have to be Hollywood production it doesn't have to take a week um one of the actual people we met one of the shows recently they got an agency into film a video and five weeks later they were still waiting to see the draft you know wow. I mean in this day and age when I mean that's that's last year's news you know that opportunity is kind of gone so but I, you know people do need to kind of sit back and decide is it a priority and if it's a priority, then VideoShop is certainly a great way for them to explore that.
0: Yeah, sounds it sounds very exciting. I think people need to have a go and check it out for yes. sure.
1: Check it out, give me a shout. Happy to have a call.
0: Brilliant. Well, lovely speaking to you, me um,
1: too,
0: guys. Enjoy your Christmas. I
1: do. I, I, do. I it... certainly will. I cannot wait.
0: I know it's going to be nice. It's been a very it's been a busy year. I went to get a Christmas tree last night, and. Uh, Went to the place I've always gone to, and it's usually... I always go this this time. Did you, did you
2: go to, uh, what do you call it?
0: The one by Hatton, uh, Shrewley.
2: Yeah. yeah, they've got... They, I went on Saturday, Saturday morning.
0: Couldn't believe it. I said to the guy, I said, where's all the tree? Where's the tree? There's 15 trees left. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And I said, I come this weekend because I'm never too early. I'm always two weeks before Christmas, just so it gives it enough time to not be dead before Christmas Eve. And he said, everyone started. He said, we were selling Christmas trees like four or five weeks ago. Gone.
2: Oh, mine looks fantastic, Nick. I got one.
0: Don't worry, James. I'll sort that out. I, I think always, we've had the same one for like 15 out for years.
1: <laughs> Again, we recycle, you see. We recycle.
0: Yeah.
1: About I like recycle. the smell. I like the smell. I know. I know. You can get that in a bottle, though, you see. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, good idea. <laughs> the infuser. Uh, brilliant. Okay. No, well, listen, have a lovely Christmas.
1: You
2: too, guys.
0: And uh, being great Take speaking care. to you. You too. Take, see too.
2: You later, Take care. Guys. Bye. Bye. Bye
0: thank you for joining us again today if you want to find out more please head over to our socials at let's run social where we share daily content and please feel free to drop us a message we'd love to hear from you and any questions that you would like answered we can do that here on
1: the podcast